The Secret Library podcast is brought to you in part by our amazing Patreon members. I want to give a special shout out to them for being a part of supporting the show. If you'd like to join and get solo episodes inside my writing process, as well as the chance to submit questions for special Q&A episodes, you can check it out and join at patreon.com slash secret library. As we're getting close to the halfway point in this season, I wanted to answer a question that some of you may be asking, which is, okay, it's really great to listen to all these episodes and learn all of this material, but how do we put this into practice? How do I move forward and use all of this material in my own writing life? Well, I'm so glad that you asked, because starting in April, we're going to release the Next Draft course, where I will be walking you through all of the tips, tricks, and resources from the season, as well as the inside scoop on how I've applied it in the revision of my own novel. If you would like to get notified when the course is first available, you can subscribe to Footnotes at secretlibrarypodcast.com. The Secret Library Podcast is made possible by our incredible Patreon supporters. If you'd like to become one and get the opportunity to hear solo episodes with me from inside my writing process, as well as submit questions for tailored Q&A episodes every month, you can join the club at patreon.com slash secret library. Remember, if you're worried about the season ending and not knowing how to apply everything you've learned to your own writing, we've got you covered. You can sign up for Footnotes, our newsletter at secretlibrarypodcast.com, and you'll get notified first when the next draft course is released this April. This is the Secret Library Podcast, and my guest this week is the amazing Tasha Harrison. Lovers of the show will remember her past episodes, one on writing hot sex scenes, and also another how she and her podcast co-host Kate Newberg plan and succeed during NaNoWriMo. In addition to being the author of seven novels of erotica and romance, Tasha is also an editor, so she's here for the professional's take on revision. This episode, we discuss what editors are looking for in a strong draft and how an editor will approach revision when working with you on your book. This way you can get ahead of the game before you even submit or hit publish on your own. You can get notes, links, and more information from this episode and sign up for footnotes, weekly letters about writing to your inbox at secretlibrarypodcast.com. I'm really happy to have Tasha back on. She is always the most fun to talk to, so it's a real delight. So here we go with Tasha Harrison. really happy to have you on because I'm always happy to have people on who both write and edit. And because you have said to me that you love revision and that revision is your favorite part of the process, I was like, gotta, gotta get on that. Because I think we get so many messages about, oh, I have to revise and it's going to take forever and it's going to be exhausting and, and drafting is the fun part. So what are the mistakes you see that people make the most with revision? As you're, because you're, you're doing it yourself, but you're also witnessing it as an editor. The biggest mistake most people make with the revision is that all they do is add and take nothing away. Mm. They think that revision is just fattening the story and not trimming the fat. They don't want to kill their darlings as much as we tell them to do it. They just right. keep adding and adding to that fucker. And then they send it to you and it's 140,000 words. And you're like, what are you doing? That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of book. Yeah, I think it's, I think we have to 
sort of separate ourselves from this feeling that the words like are connected through blood vessels and everything to our life force. And then if we cut them off, we're going to die. That's all in the way we talk about this shit though. Yeah. My book, baby. I birthed a book. No, you didn't. You made some words. It's an accomplishment, but it's not a child. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's a product. You created a thing. Are you doing that with like, if knitting metaphor, are you doing this with your sweater or your scarf? Totally. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm okay, just kidding. So I don't know. No, <laughs> no I no. usually, yeah. If it fits properly, I will wear it out in public. If it doesn't, then I will hide it Unravel in the drawer. It. Yeah, that's true. Or unravel and start from, from scratch. Exactly. So like, or I mean like a painting metaphor, if, if, uh, if, I have a couple of artist friends that paint. If it doesn't come out right the first time, they just gesso over the bitch and start over. Only writers are like that. Like they just get so precious. Like, oh, it just it required so much mental anguish. This is my baby was like giving birth. The process is difficult because that's the process. Everyone has a hard time creating things from nothing. You know, like anything you create from nothing is hard but you have to separate yourself from it once it's done, you know, like at every stage. I think it's, it's harder in some ways because it's, it's easier to see a painting as separate from you. It's easier to see um, Mm. a sweater or, you know, a cooked dish or something. Those are separate physical, tangible objects, but it feels like because it's words and because we sort of live and breathe words and words are happening inside of our heads all the time, it feels like it's our thoughts and sort of our innermost being out on the page. I think, I wonder if that's what makes it harder. I mean, I get it, but I don't get it. Right. I mean, I'm (laughs) just playing devil's advocate here, but. No, no, no. I mean, like I get, I get it. I get it. I understand why people, because I mean, pretty much every character that you create is, has a piece of you. It's born from something, either an experience you've had or someone you know or some part of your personality or whatever. So you're never just creating things that don't have some type of foundation in your lived experience. However, it's not you. It's not, I don't know. I, I, the, when you were talking about like paintings or you know, making food for someone, it kind of feels the same way. Like you're not... Yes, you're writing for yourself because you're your first reader, but you're writing also in hopes that someone else would want to read it. So you can't, if you're going to give it to someone, you can't be so attached to it that you don't want to, you know, you don't want to give it away. Like you don't want to give it. Yeah. Like this is my gift, but I also want to keep it for myself. Sorry. Yeah, it's like we want to give it away, but we want to retain control of it also. Yes. (laughs) And in that way, it is sometimes like children. It's like, yes, you can go out in the world, but absolutely do not do anything that I don't want you to do. Right. No one can say anything to you that I don't like. Yeah. Tricky. I mean, I think one of the people, um, Diana Gabaldon of Outlander, Mm -hmm. I saw her speak once um, and she said, well, it's just words. I'll just write some more. Like if I cut it, if I, it was so baller, it was so baller. Cause she just said, yeah, I just, you it know, is, it, cause the interviewer said, well, what happens if you, you know, you're researching, you have all this history in there and you're trying to get the history right. And what if you realize that you misunderstood or your research reveals that the history is wrong? She's like, then I'll just write something else. It's fine. And she's like, I'll just cut it. It's no big deal. And everybody, all the writers in the room, like, <gasps> I know everyone was like, <gasps> what? What do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah. I have a, I have a writer friend that's kind of like that. She's like, like how I save all my scraps. She's like, why are you doing that? 
Chuck it. I might use them later. She's like, no, if they weren't good enough for this book, they're not going to be good enough for anything else. Just throw them away. I was like, I was like, you go too far, ma'am. That's a bridge too far. Yeah. (laughs) Like I have no problem cutting it for the manuscript, but throwing it away completely. Absolutely not. We're not doing that. (laughs) <laughs> you it's know? fascinating. I mean, it's because when you said that about the notebook and like tearing pages out, I was at I was at a coffee with a friend once, like ten or twelve years ago. She probably doesn't even remember this, but I still do. And she <laughs> had a she had a moleskin, which at the time was still kind of a shishi, like ooh, mm-hmm. moleskin. Oh, you're and a, she you're was a real writer the, if you're writing in there. <laughs> yeah, and she was writing some stuff down, and then she finished a page, and we were talking about you know things that were important in life now versus the past, and she just tore the page out, and she looked at me, and she goes, "That's how interested I am in the past." And I was like, oh, you're hardcore. You're savage. <laughs> it was amazing. But I think it's true. It's like we have to we have to write, I think, and hold it a little bit lightly going into revision with the sense of, yeah, this I'm going to give it my all. And I'm also going to accept that it might have to go right at the same time, which is hard. Because you're going to have to let it all go eventually. True. To there's the gonna come a time, yeah, there's going to be a time when you can't, you can't change it anymore. It's done. It's out there. It's over. Yep. It's, it's fascinating. I mean, I think that there's, the problem is, is like, I think it's so hard to stop because as a human who is learning more and more, the more you write, if you read a book 10 years after you finish it and put it out, you could find something that you would want to do differently. So the other thing that's hard is it's really hard to know when it's done. Like, how do you know when it's done? I don't know. (laughs) I don't feel like, no, no, honestly, no. I feel like none of the stories are done. Like what I really wish would happen is like, I would write a story and then these people stop taking up residence in my head. Like they just move on and go live their lives and have their happy ever after somewhere else. But that doesn't happen. Like I will randomly think of like in a book that I wrote five years ago, what is this couple doing? Oh, do they have kids? And I'll spend a whole day just thinking about like what their life looks like now. Do I need to write a story about that? No, but sometimes I feel compelled. Because it's like, oh, is their story done? Because this feels really interesting to me. And then I have to stop myself from sitting down and wasting weeks writing something. Like, nobody's going to read this. Nobody cares. (laughs) You know? Like, I'm the only one who cares that she couldn't pick out the right curtains. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) I think it's... Well, this is why I think there are reasons for series. Like, people like Mm -hmm. to come back to the same setting and the same characters and then they like to know what happened next and all of this and it's i mean i see why it happens yeah definitely do they just leave after that day you spend a day with them and it's like a reunion and then they move on sometimes but no 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 they don't they always pop up and you know what it happens a lot around holidays really it's kind of like thinking about like oh well, my family's gonna be here i'm gonna spend any time with my family oh i wonder what my characters are doing it's <laughs> so stupid it's really cute though like oh i wonder how how they're spending their christmas or thanksgiving like how'd that go and i'll sit there and think about it like should i write this and sometimes i will do like like i'll write it like as as a newsletter story like just like oh this is a little drop in with so-and-so from this book and that's so cute but sometimes like really i do think a lot about them during the holidays like oh what are they doing that's so cute 
What if you did, okay, not to like prescribe to you, but what if you did like a Valentine's collection of like, uh, where are they this. now? It could be like a collection of short stories and it'd be like a whole reunion roundup. I've thought about this. I've thought about doing this. It's, this is not something that I have not considered because I think about it so much. It's like, these thoughts are here for a reason. I'm like, are they, or are you just insane? I don't think you're insane at all for one thing. <laughs> and I think that it would be really fun, especially people who read your books regularly. I mean, I do that too, even as a reader mm-hmm. where I think about characters and I miss them and yes. I want to know what they're doing and I That's miss so them. That's so bizarre. It's like, this is not a real person. I really invented this person in my head. Yeah. Why do I miss spending time with them? And I think like after every book, there's kind of like a period of mourning like a period of melancholy is like, oh, I'm done. And then you release it and it's like, okay, what do I do now? Yeah. Like, I miss Where did all people. my friends go? Where's all, all my friends that live in the magic box on my, on my table. Like, where are they now? What are they doing? I'm so lonely. You know? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's a bizarre part of the process. Like, I don't, I try not to think about that too much because I wonder if like, I'm the only one who does it. You're not. <laughs> I even do it as a reader. Like I finished a book and I'm like, oh, oh, it was so fun to spend time with you, even though you're messy as hell. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like I do, I do think about them a lot. I do. They don't stop living. Like they take up residence in my head. So and where, do you, where wonder, do you put them all? Cause you know, the more books you write, the more of them they're going to be. Girl, that's, that's what I was about to ask. Like when I get old, right. <laughs> Like this, these are because a, a lot of times, like I'll, I'll have these conversations with my husband. It's like you know, is this what dementia really is? Like, are they just not talking? It's not that they're talking to people that you know don't exist. It's like these people actually exist to them. So it's like just like think about a writer who has created all these people for their whole lives, and then they get dementia. Like, am I going to be talking to characters that I wrote when I was in my thirties and forties? when I'm 80 and sitting here drooling on the step, like what, is this what happens? I don't know, man. It's kind of like, it's, it's frightening, but it's also kind of like, huh? Well, when I can, sounds like a good story for a book. Like I could just hang out with them afterwards. Like if I can't, like I've lost the ability to write, then, you know, doesn't mean that the story stop. I can still hang out with them. It makes me think of, um, I don't know if you watch six feet under, you know, yeah, I did. I didn't watch like, every episode but I watched a lot of it so did you see the finale I know about it okay so in the finale Claire is a photographer right but she's blind uh, so she like they in the finale they, they show how everyone dies yeah so she's the youngest so she dies last and she's blind and they have she's in the room by herself she doesn't have any kids her husband's already died and she's in there and there's like, you know, um, a hospice nurse in the room with her. And like on the wall behind her bed, there's like all of these photographs that she's taken of all the people that she loves. And she's just kind of laying there with her clouded eyes, but it looks like she's looking at things. So the way that they made this, the episode is like, it's all kind of her memories of how things have happened, like, uh... her life, like how people died, how, you know, she ended up being the last one. And then she, she dies. Right. And I'm, I'm kind of like, Am I going to be clear with the photographs? Like all these photographs here and I'm just going to be laying there blind in the bed just thinking about all the characters today. It doesn't seem sad. 
No, I don't think it does. I think that's that's probably <laughs> why we're writing. But I'm like, you better get as many characters us. as you can because then you're going to be, you know, you're going to have be a bored. lot of friends. Oh, there's only one, like Harper Lee. Who is she thinking about? Like, I know she yeah, doesn't I'll, have enough. She don't have enough. I know. Oh, but they're like, all going to be there. But I think this is the thing: is like you know, you know that you did a good job, and you know that you got it right when they're real enough that you wonder about them later. Okay. I'll take that. I think it's fair. I accept it too. (laughs) Well, like these are the things that I, (laughs) these are the things that I think about, like when I don't have anything to do. (laughs) This is what my brain needs to be occupied all the time because I'll start thinking about like, oh, morbid shit. Like what happens when I, everyone else dies and I'm the only one here with me and my characters. Yeah. (laughs) It's always, or it's like, what happens, um, I think about what happens to the ones, like I think about this idea and then I decide it doesn't work. And then, you know, I set it aside. Like what happens to those characters? Are they trapped in limbo somewhere? Are they? No, they get big magic. Okay. They go on to someone else. Okay, I hope so. That was such a relief. Oh my God, what a relief. when When I was reading that book and I got to that thing where she was like, oh, I created this character and then I passed it on to my friend and look at what the, the wonderful book she wrote. And I'm like, oh, I feel so much better now. Yes. It's like, okay, so I've been thinking about this character for God knows how long and I've never gotten around to writing, writing the book. So like, if I see someone who has written a book that's kind of like the character, like, I'm like, oh, there you go. She went elsewhere. <laughs> like she already wrote it. There you go. I don't need to write it anymore. I don't need to feel guilty about it. I can delete it from my random idea file now you know yep. yeah i think maybe the most important thing about revision is is what to delete like you said mm-hmm. it's what and you not, let go all of. that comes from not holding it too closely yeah. strong ideas loosely held exactly so what happens so what are you looking for when you go through and want to delete Like, so you're going through, you've put them back in, you're going back in, maybe there's too much. What bits are you deleting? Uh, Most of the time it's repetition. Like if I'm, you know, like you give someone a a quirk and then you use it too much. Mm, mm -hmm. Or um, I find myself sometimes like I'll, say things in narrative and then repeat it in dialogue. And it's like, you need to make a choice. Like, is this narrative or is this dialogue? Um, too much transition shit. Nobody cares about them walking and moving through the room. Like, stop staging. <laughs> she came in, she put her glass on, on the end table. On the end table was such and such and such. This is just filler that you're putting in because you're trying to get to the next point when you're yeah. writing so he's just like yada 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 so this is what the room looks like oh this is what i really need to write when you go back in there he's like what why do i need to know all of this shit delete yeah <laughs> you know what i mean and, yep. and and that's staging is some one of those things that a lot of people get really sensitive about he was like well how do we need how do we know what's in the room i was like you just need to give like two or three touch points and it needs to connect to the character you don't need to be telling like every little detail yeah and on the wall was this piece that she bought when she was on vacation in Tennessee. She liked it because of yada, yada, yada. What's that have to do with anything? Right. So, and so- also like the, the reader's imagination will fill in something. 
if you, you give them give like them a style, yeah. you give them a little bit, but then let them fill it in with something they're excited about so that they can get attached. Yeah. And it, and it makes more sense too, if it's connected to the character, like just describing a room. I mean, the, is this like a catalog? <laughs> <laughs> is it like Fight Club with his Ikea catalog? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's what it kind of feels like. And whenever I encounter I'm like, oh, I didn't know what I was, I was trying to say here. So this is what all this is just filler. So mostly stuff like that. Repetition, yeah. filler. Um, ticks that you give them that they do too much yep the or, other I mean, one that the like, other one is when you use like a big word or a particular image and i it's i've seen this happen a few times recently where like there's a word that somebody likes and i do this too and then they use it again even like three quarters of the way through the book and i'm like you said that before like i'm like probably Especially yeah, if, if it's a big a, word, like it's like, okay, so yes, you have a vocabulary. Brilliant. But we don't need to be using this word so much. Or, yeah, it's like use it once or an image. I mean, it makes me think of this bit of um, Eddie Izzard's comedy where he has this bit about standing there looking, I think I'm going to botch it because he's obviously funnier than me, but he <laughs> said like, oh, you sit there and then you got, you know, James Dean, like one toothpick in the corner of the mouth looks quite mm -hmm. cool. But if you put two toothpicks, you're looking like a dickhead. And it's like, you're, you know, you put two, you go too far with the thing. Yeah. You go from quite cool to looking like, like a dickhead. The first time you said this, this was cool. Now it's just kind of like, you're trying to be cool. Yeah, or you liked this image that you used that I thought was really striking the first time. But when it comes back, I'm like, mm, two toothpicks, no. And one of the other things that I see a lot too, especially, I mean, well, all writers have these, like they have uh, ticks, like their own writing ticks. Like they'll start a sentence the same way. Yep. Like for me, it's parenthetical phrases. Like I will throw in a parenthetical phrase. Like, I don't know why. Like, I was like, what, what are you doing here? Just write the whole sentence. You, you don't need to pause here and say anything. Just get the point out. And some people do that, like uh, passive voice and, and people have like a really hard time understanding what passive voice is. And like, oh, you passive don't voice. And I keep telling them, it was like, if you are using a bunch of ings, that's a sign. Yeah. You need to be more active. No inging. Stop inging. ED. Yeah. Cause like to ing to me is like, Oh, it's continuing. He's passing. He's doing, he's like, it's a continuous motion. I was like, if you're writing in past tense, why are we, why are we inging so much? Stop inging. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's, that's one of the things that I'll, I'll tell, you know, the writers that I work with. Cause they it was like, I don't understand what passive voice is. They're like, well, it's a lot of things, but it's definitely this. <laughs> and you it's also this. when you make the object, the subject. Yes. That one drives me crazy because it's very much like I used to work for an auction house, an auction catalog. And of course they were selling things and we'd mm -hmm. have to say the thing was, you know, was made by, or it was created by, or blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. I'm like, Ugh, I just want to say like, so-and-so made the thing. Like it's so That's much it. more direct. Yeah, these are more succinct. And but then, it's not, um, they're like, but we're not selling the person who made it. We're selling the thing. So it's got to be the thing at the center. So it was a lot of passive voice. Yeah. And another thing I find people doing, like giving body parts, independent party body parts, like autonomy, my hands reached. Uh, my eyes scan the room. You just scan the room. 
Right. With your eyes, your eyes are part of the character. The eyes are part of the character. The hands are part of the character. Stop saying that the hands reach. Cause then I'm thinking of the Adams family hand, just, just doing its own, its own, just doing its own thing. I'm like, well, so what's the character doing when the hands are reaching? What, what are they doing? <laughs> they take a nap. They take a nap. They, they're across the room. They're having a drink. I hope they only use it one hand. <laughs> you know, Maybe like, they have three hands. Mm. No, that's I mean, a good point. Oh my God. I didn't think about that one. Yeah, it's true. It's in true. some cases, in some cases it does work. Like if it's a action scene, like scrambling feet or uh-huh. grappling hands, that sort of thing. It's different when it's like you're describing that sort of action. But if it's like a character involved in the scene and like they're reaching for someone or they're touching something or, you know, that the character's involved in that action. Yeah. Unless they're having an out-of-body experience, they're involved. Well, something else altogether. That's a different type of story. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? But yeah, and, the, and every day, yeah, you... Yeah. I think it's very difficult. It's like a question of trust. It's like, how much do I trust my reader mm-hmm. to understand what I'm trying to say? And I think there's always this question of either trusting them too much or not trusting them enough. And I think a lot of us lead more toward not trusting them enough. And when you go through the revision, you're like, why am I explaining this so explicitly? Like, is this, is it really important that they should know this? Like only explain things or tell them things explicitly if it's very important to the character or to move the plot forward. Otherwise, you can give them vagaries. They'll fill in the blanks themselves. It's fine. That's what imagination is about. That's what reading is is about. I'm like, I have to tell people a lot of times, like, this is not a movie. Yes, you wanted to create pictures in your reader's mind, but it's not a movie. Like you can't just try to make a movie in your reader's head because then it comes out like you're trying to make a movie. You know what I mean? Like then you're yeah. You don't need you don't need like set decorations or or you know stage stage directions. Yeah, like they still don't need, like you're not on your spot. You got to move. He's got to move slightly. He moved slightly to the left, and then he turned to her. Like what? What? Why? Why is there all this blocking? Yeah. <laughs> like, are we acting this out later? Like, what, yeah. what, what's going on? Yeah, that sort of stuff. I see the the mm, the hands reaching. That sort of thing is like my pet peeve. Interesting. I love you all, authors that I work with. This is not a knock. Well, all. I think there's also there's things that that we do ourselves, and so oh, I'm absolutely. particularly sensitive to it. Like, I will use a word I like twice in a paragraph in the first draft and not know it, and I will do it with a different word on the next page and a different word on the next page. I don't know how it happens. It's like I'm in a fugue state. Yeah, because that's our first draft. That's yep. Why. Yeah, because don't judge yourself on that. You're trying to get done. But when you go back to revision, you got to be, you have to be the type of person to be like, oh, this is, oh, hmm, why am I doing this? <laughs> like you're doing, like, why, why do I keep doing this? This is dumb. And I will even write, like, I'll make highlights and my Kindle is like, girl, why do you keep doing this? <laughs> <laughs> like, stop doing this. This is a dumb sentence. Like, why do you keep doing this? Or, you know, like I'll encounter a lot of people who will always put, the adverb before the subject. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. What do like, you mean? Patiently he, like, oh. he, instead of saying he patiently, they will be like, patiently he. So I'm like, mm. uh. and I think a lot of times, like, cause to me, it sounds like someone 
like Spanish, like you'll, cause that's the way it naturally happens. And yeah. if you're translating it into English, it'll, it'll come out that way. I don't know, but it, it feels like a lot of times I'm like, why are you doing so many adverbs before the subject of this sentence? I'm like, isn't that the way it's supposed to be? Like, no. Yeah. It's <laughs> but, like you're trying to set the tone. It's like, you're trying to turn on some nice music before, yeah, before something like, happens, but you're like, no, no, it's okay. Yeah, you put it later. Like, you could just tell me, <laughs> you could just, you could just have them appear in the room. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Ugh, so many things, so many yeah, things. I, it's so hard, but I mean, like uh, I shared like a, that writing tip about the hands on Twitter mm-hmm. the other day and this guy retweets and he's just like, it's so much writing tips and advice sounds like it's trying to make everybody sound like it sound the same. And I, uh, I responded, I was like, but doing this, you do sound the same. I was like, I shared this tip because uh, everyone is doing this. Like you think that you're doing something specific. I was like, this is not style. This is not voice. This is just wrong. Yep. And I think a lot of people don't like the whole thing with style and voice. I'm like, that's just the way I write. I'm like, yeah, but some of this is not, this is not style or voice. This is just, it makes it difficult to read. Yep. Yeah, style and voice is not gimmicks or, or clever things. Style and voice, you don't notice. You just feel it. Yeah. That's how you can, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Like when you see like directors of films or writers of certain genres of films, like if someone, if a scene comes up, you're like, oh, this feels like so-and-so. That's style. That's voice. But like doing something the exact same way every time, that sounds like you're copying someone else. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But... <laughs> And then I also told him, he's like, you know, the good thing about advice is that no matter how good it is, you can always not take it. Right. <laughs> just like good or bad. You can say no. That's fine. You'll still be wrong with that school too. <laughs> yeah. I think it's that, you know, when it comes down to it, it's like, there isn't a right or a wrong with writing. I sometimes feel like people make those mistakes Mm-hmm. and say things that are less effective or are mm-hmm. distracting. I think of things mm-hmm. that are distracting versus not distracting. It's not that it's wrong. I mean, it's perfectly effective English. Yeah, but like it's I understand not, what you were trying to say, but there's... But there's I'm now look, thinking about these hands floating in the air and I'm not there's in the mood that you... Across the, yeah, like I'm just thinking about the hand scrabbling across the, the, the floor instead of like, oh, he's touching her and I'm supposed to be paying attention to that. I'm like, no, I'm just hands thinking about hands independent of a body. Right. And is that what you intended? Is that what you wanted? If that is what you wanted, then you succeeded. But if you wanted (laughs) the hands to be attached, then don't leave with the hands. Don't leave with the hands. You're saying my hands, they're their hands. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to say hands at all. Everybody knows you touch with your hands. (laughs) (laughs) Common sense. Yeah, I think I think this is probably the kind of thing that, you know, listen to editors or listen to readers if they tell you something is distracting. And mm-hmm. then think about, is that how you want them to feel? Do you want them to notice this or do you want them to glide right by it and stay with the story? Right. Like, what what are you painting here? What scene are you painting? What What emotion are you trying to convey? And if anything you do in the narrative distracts from that, then you got to cut it. Yeah. You got to fix it cut it out people stop it (laughs) (laughs) just stop just stop well thank you oh no go sorry 
no, no, no. Finish your thought. Um, I th- I don't even remember what the thought was now because I interrupted myself. It's you fine. stopped it. I stopped it. <laughs> well, I was going to say I think that's I think that's the best point we could stop on because I want people to remember, you know, cut the things, cut the stage directions, cut the things that are distracting, cut the things that are confusing, cut um, the repetitive things, cut the repetitive things. And if you still think about your characters later, you're not crazy because we all do it too. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the last part, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm sticking yeah. with it. I think it's worth I'm, I'm going to ride with it. It's fine. I know. I can't wait to hear the anthology. You got to tell us out. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Who? With what time? I don't know. Find <laughs> it. Find it, girl. Well, thank you so much for coming back on. It's awesome to have you as always. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Secret Library Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this week's show. You can keep the conversation going by leaving a comment in the show notes at secretlibrarypodcast.com or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash secretlibrarypodcast. You can also connect directly with me on Twitter or Instagram where I'm Caro Donahue. That's at C-A-R-O-D-O-N-A-H-U-E. I look forward to chatting with you there. See you next week. Until then, happy writing.